The following episode of the Lions of Liberty podcast contains extensive use of explicit adult language. So hide the kids and listen accordingly. He's kind of adorable. He's adorable. <laughs> he, was, he was played by Cuba Gooding Jr. in a movie yeah, about his life. He's adorable because it's like you hear him speaking and he's kind of stuttering and he seems Aww. unsure. You just want to take him home and give him a bath, you know. Maybe put a couple, <laughs> put a, put a couple towels down in the corner and wow. let him curl up over there. <laughs> The Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Welcome back, kiddies, to the Lions of Liberty podcast. This is episode, oh my god, I can't believe it, 143. That's not a milestone at all, but it is a big number for me. I never thought we'd even make it to 43. Uh, and you can find the show notes for today's show over at lionsofliberty.com slash... 143. How simple. And this is, of course, no ordinary edition of this show. We are convening another session of one of my favorite features, possibly my favorite, Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. And next to me, right here in the Lions of Liberty Studios in Los Angeles, California, I have a Libertarian who is uh, drinking liquor, as it might be. So, uh, Brian McWilliams, welcome on back. Thank you. Good to be here next to you, breathing in your manly musk once more, Mark. And what are you drinking over there? Well, I, mean, I, I know because I can see it. You know because you can actually physically see it. people at home. It's the same as I was drinking last time because I left it here uh, as a gift of goodwill to you. But I'm drinking a uh, a particular scotch called Old Smuggler Blended Scotch Whiskey. I bought this year bottle for about $16. I don't even think you can find it anymore. So there's no plug involved. And uh, I've had a rough weekend. My Philadelphia Eagles suck uh, crazy balls. So I'm recovering from that. And... Uh, the old smuggler went down smooth the first step and then snuck up on me and now it's kind of uh, stabbing my insides. But already. I'm going to keep drinking it. That was quick. One sip in that already. I don't want to forget that um, because I often gloss over myself, but I am drinking. It's the last of my beers from our, our fan, Blaine Stansel, that he sent us from the Rough Tail Brewing Company. And this is a beer called Hoptometrist. And I will say, it's quite hoppy. No, I was going to say, it probably sounds, it sounds pretty hoppy. It is. It's got a really cool logo here, which uh, no one can see. It so, does. Uh, well, just trust post, me. Post a picture in the show notes. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. And uh, we're going to go around. We are also going to bring in our resident legal counsel. He is hailing from, I don't know where he is right now. He's always traveling. He hails from Cleveland, Ohio. I don't know where you're currently hailing from, but uh, he's the man we refer to simply as Rico. What's up, bozos? <laughs> bozos. The exact know. same way he opens every case. What's up, bozos of the jury? How are you jerks doing? I have not heard the phrase bozo used in quite some time, and uh, I'm glad we brought it back here. It's a great word, and it used, needs to be used more. And what are you, what are you drinking over there, bozo? I am drinking some uh, hot cider with rum and a little bit of cinnamon in it. Wow. wow. What, what a nice fall little beverage. It is. Are you sitting, are you sitting around a fire? No, I'm sitting around a computer, obviously. <laughs> All right. Um, my first full day back in uh, the United States in 18 days, so I'm recovering right. from a little jet lag. Where did you that's, go? That's we a good no thing idea. to talk about. He went to Thailand. and I, I, Oh, well, we probably can't talk about most of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was in Thailand and then the Maldives. Well, we can talk about legal prostitution. That's something yes, we should definitely talk we were about. everywhere. We can was, definitely talk about that. I have been there as well, and... um. I Our think it's actually episode. not legal, but it's like the most—it's uh, the most legal illegal thing in history. I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, clearly. 
I saw like two cops in the entire country. They they have these clubs called like friends friends clubs and stuff. Like it's weird. We'll get into that in a minute. But I, I feel like uh, I feel like our special guest probably knows a, a thing. Or yeah. Two. Well, well, speaking of bozos and prostitutes, I'd like to welcome in our very special guest here, and that is the one and only the host of the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, Johnny Rocket himself, Johnny Adams. Hey guys, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Awesome, awesome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much for having me on here. Of course, man. Anytime. What What are you uh, sipping on over there, pal? I am drinking Smirnoff vodka. Ooh, straight? Straight, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You are a true man. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> and smoking camels. There we go. <laughs> nice. I could I could hear a camel a camel tinge to your throat. I, I figured I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what makes the radio show so fucking badass. <laughs> and, and, you got to have the like the little bit of the Tom Waits action going on oh, here. Totally. You know? And Johnny, just to make sure I don't forget, because um, you know, with the drinking and stuff, it's a, a good chance I might by the end of the show. But I want to make sure you get your plugs in. So for anyone out there that's not familiar uh, with your show, and, and shame on them because your show rocks, why don't you tell everyone about the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, where they can find it, what it's all about? Well, you can find us at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. And uh, basically, we do a libertarian radio show here in Seattle, Washington, and we drink and we interview or rather have a conversation with some pretty awesome guests every week. Mark Claire was on the show a couple episodes ago. I was at the highest rated episode, I presume. You, uh, you're damn close, man. Really? You are damn Is that close. True? You're, yeah. not just, you're not just jerking me around. No, you're like uh, it's in the top seventy uh, of, 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 among certain demographics. He he's slicing and dicing it to find the appropriate answer. Yeah. Like you're number he's one like, among uh, parapolitics marijuana. <laughs> Mark's show was awesome. Yeah, we had a blast. I'm sure you guys have both listened to it. I'm not going to wait for your answer. I'm just going to assume it makes me feel better that way. <laughs> I, will I'm not co- I will, of course, of course, post that episode in the show notes, as well as your interview that uh, you did with me. You've been on the show before. We did a little yeah, one-on-one session. But but now we're going to get real. We're going to break out the booze and chat about some things. And as you guys know, um, as anyone who listens to this show knows, I'm the least prepared host of all time, at least on these episodes. So I haven't even seen the GOP debate. I've seen about two clips of it. Uh, I've literally not stopped in the last week. I haven't even had time to sit down and eat, let alone watch a debate. So, um, I know you saw some of it, Brian Rico. Did you? Did they air the GOP debates in Thailand? I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. It was on. At, yeah, it was on at like seven in the morning over there. For I real? saw. I saw like the last hour of it. Were you so getting? Little... You were still awake, I assume. You didn't. You didn't wake up. You were just still up from from a night of of, of lady boys. <laughs> I was in the mall at that point, so yeah, it was a blur, but I did see the last hour of it, and um, I didn't see a lot of Trump, but there was some Rand Paul, Chris Christie back and forth, and then uh, there was some Ben Carson, who is a doctor, but he couldn't just categorically refute one of Donald Trump's points on vaccinations, which I found kind of amazing that he couldn't just say, no, he's wrong. What was Trump's point on vaccinations? He said, I, I believe that basically vaccinations are causing autism. And uh, Carson just, even though there are studies just flat out saying that's wrong, Ben Carson wouldn't say, no, Donald Trump, you're wrong. He was just kind of walking around the issue and very uninspiring and from my perspective. That's but, bizarre, especially because he's a pediatric or he was a yeah. pediatric neurosurgeon. It's <laughs> well, like, shouldn't you know a thing or two about this? Yeah. Say you're right or you're wrong, but not like he's like, I well, I'll say this, and then he basically said nothing. So, well, isn't that what every politician? <laughs> he was like, yeah, you know, Obama's a Muslim and shouldn't be running the country. 
Just like literally today, he didn't say that. Well, this will be four days. Uh, he said Obama's a Muslim. That didn't happen. This is, yeah, he he said I would not. You know, I don't. I don't think a Muslim should I be president. Because Rand Paul responded to it today. Today being uh, four days before the we, podcast. We don't. Later. No one needs to know what day this is. All right, <laughs> this magic, is live. This magic. is a live podcast. Jawbird, uh, edit it out in post. Whenever you're listening, it's live. Trust me. Yeah. Did anybody else see that? Giant, you catch that? <laughs> right. Uh, I did. Um. Yeah. So Ben Carson said, "Well, I disagree with you." But uh, I still think it's in our best interest to kind of spread them out, spread the vaccinations out. And I'm like, well, why is the government getting involved anyways? And why are you guys even talking about this? That's a better question. Why is this a question for a presidential candidate? Like, come on. This is a personal matter. This has nothing to do with what your position is as president. I mean, in my, I watched the damn thing, and it was just too goddamn long. It was three hours. Oh, yeah. It was, this it was one was like, three hours? Yeah, oh, five to God. eight. God. And it ran a little long, too. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, all I know is, to me, now, if you caught the last hour, it seemed like it was like, uh, what is it, Carla, Car- Carly Filiona or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carly it was a lot of her yeah. on the end of it. And uh, I like Filiona better than really, It was like, it was Trump. It was a three-hour watch Trump insult people. I mean, that's what, really what it was. No, they were, they're, they're literally, the questions were designed. Like you said, they're, they're throwing him questions that, you know, between him and to the under, other people on stage, they were literally designed to just have them attack each other specifically instead of issues. Exactly. That was it. <laughs> and then they asked, what I thought was the funniest thing, was they were asking like, uh, Ronald Reagan's call sign was rawhide. Uh, what would your call oh, yeah. sign be for the oh, White House? That was awful. And then, like, and then you know, like, so there were some stupid answers. But I, honestly, Wait, you know, call, what's the call sign mean? Like, you know, like Iran, well, like what the secret, Iran the secret that name? was secret. But yeah, like Operation Desert Storm. Oh, okay. Like what the Secret Service calls you, Rand Paul. I mean, come on, man. He says justice never sleeps. That was his response. It was like, come on, dude. That's really? Awful. You can't even be funny with this? You can't even joke with this. Uh, I missed uh, that part of what the is, debate. What is he, Batman? <laughs> Rand Paul yeah, is Batman. Saw, yeah, what, yeah what, what are you, Batman? You're going to do yeah, Bruce Justice Wayne? Justice never sleeps, Rand dude. Paul 2016. <laughs> exactly. that, was, that was my yeah. Rand Paul as Christian Bale as Batman impression. Sorry, guys. But it was really bad, man. It was all like, just like, if you were a rainbow, what color would you be? I mean, that was the kind of questions <laughs> they were asking on this thing. Yeah, who, who, what woman you would put on the $10 bill? And, that was and, a question, uh, too. I must yeah, have missed these. Yeah, going to answer an American woman. You put Margaret Thatcher, Thatcher, I think. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So basically, we learned about vaccines, what people want on the $10 bill, and, you know, what Carly Arena's, oh, Carly and, and Arena's, just, Arena's face is. Yeah, uh, what, the and office. yeah exactly. And, and, you know, Carly is right. It, it was Trump and Carly. But Rand did get in. You know, he, he had, I think, his best debate. And I saw there was a couple of things that came out, like the, the Nash or the Nation. Don't give too much away. You got, a, you got a column coming out this week, or it's already out. That'll be already out by the time <laughs> this airs. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> this is all time travel talk. Marty, your yeah. kids, they're going to vote for Trump. We're indirectly live, right? Was that yeah, a good yeah. Doc Brown impression? Probably not. Uh, since I had no <laughs> idea what you were doing, I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, so when he comes back to the future, tell me. Marty, the candidates, that. they're all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to go back. I was going to do an assassination joke, but uh, never mind. Keep going. Go, Johnny. Guys, guys, the thing is, man, I just see this thing as like the Republicans, you know, like it was just it was like a three hour tabloid. That's really what it was. There was no no content. It was just who's more popular, and this is really what they're trying to appeal to today. And this is the people today. This is what we're dealing with. This is the the, the audience. People don't understand politics. They don't want to get involved. They want to know. It's like vote for American Idol. This is the same shit they're doing, man. Well, it's crazy. 
that's the problem nowadays that maybe this is always the way, but it's maybe it's just more prominent because of TV and the internet and everything. But a presidential campaign now, or at least these primaries, they're just they're like you said, it's a popularity contest. They're just a reality show. That's all they are. We have mm-hmm. the, the vote in mm-hmm. the, the polls where you go vote in. I mean, most of the questions are fluff. It's all about how did the guy look? How did he fare against his opponent? You know, it's not about what right. are his positions? What are their implications for humanity? That's the kind of exactly. things we should be talking about. Instead, it's just fluff city. But I mean, who do we have to blame? The, this, this debate got the highest ratings of any debate in history. Can you really blame CNN for doing what it takes to get ratings? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't I like mean, it. But it is the free market, but it is kind of sad. I mean, and that's what the people want. What, what do we do? What do we do as dogmatic libertarians? Do we support the free market? But, I mean, how free market is CNN? How free market are these companies in reality? Well, these- you know, but, I mean, if people are voluntarily watching it, I guess sure. that would be kind of free. Well, here, that's here's a question. This is an interesting one to pose to libertarians who are drinking. Uh, would we rather have, let's say, the government run – these, ele- you know, these elections processes. So they're setting up the debate so that you have something that's more structured. It could be more focused on the issues rather than a ratings bonanza. Cause right now it's CNN's moderators. They're designing the questions. They're setting it all up to get ratings. Well, and, you know, even though we're all advocates, of course, of the free market and private companies, would it be better off for everybody I, I, if somebody as, you know, neutral did it or the government did it where they're organizing it for? You know. I hate to break it to you, but the government does run it because they have the Commission on Presidential Debates, and uh, they already run the debates. So. Well, there's no well, – yeah, but you're looking at CNN going after – like, th- there's clearly a lot of leeway here. Maybe they say you know, set it up, but they're not even selecting who's in it, are they? Well, they yeah, they, they are. are. They are. They set their standards for who who's going to get in the debates based on, you know, the polling numbers or whatever. They fudged it a little bit for oh, this really? one, so Carly mm-hmm. to get in. To, right? oh, is that, I thought it was to get Rand in. No, well, I, I think they wanted like Rand is like in last place. At least according to Trump, he was like, "That's the only, like the only clip I saw is Trump's like, what's Rand Paul even doing over here? He's yeah, got like one percent. Right. That's my terrible Trump impression. Remind me never to do that again. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think we should have government sponsored debates. I mean, that God damn, that's like the, watching the fucking hanging out in the DMV for four hours. Yeah. But, um, well, true, but at least you're getting it more straightforward. You know, like I guess my, the point I'm making is, you know, the, the okay, you've got the the commission that's overseeing it, but it's become a fiasco in that you know these because these uh, you know it's become mainstream entertainment, whereas. Mm-hmm. You might be able to manage it and uh, and have it be a little bit less of a circus if it was kind of. Was, I mean, like maybe the DMV wouldn't be a bad thing. It would weed out a lot a lot of the people that don't give a shit right. anyway and just watching for shits and giggles or are going to buy into Trump. At least you're only at the DMV to get your business taken care of. So maybe only the serious people that really. That's what wanna... I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna, I mean, shit, we're sitting for three hours watching this thing. It was kind of like being at the DMV, but. Government can fuck up a wet dream. Man. Well, <laughs> the government can fuck up a wet dream. Yeah, they can. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I just think it, it, have alternate media. I mean, hell, have you know the lines of liberty do a, a, a debate? We've got our invites out there. We're 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 eagerly awaiting on the responses. Um, it's getting a little awkward when I check the mailbox every morning. Right, right now, only George Pataki has said yes, and that Jim Gilmore guy. He's, he's in. Also, the rent is too damn high guy. He's in, and John McAfee. That's the lines of liberty. Yeah. Rent is too damn. <laughs> Who and is that guy? Uh, it's a cool was, song. He invented like a. a he was the best. He had a party. I think it was in New York, right? He was based. Yeah. And it was literally based. Rico, do you know? Because I'm, I'm trying to remember. What Rico, are you talking about? Rent is too damn high. Yeah, rent is too damn high. That was his position. That was his platform. Rent is too damn high. So he just kept, yeah. I just remember that the rent is too damn high. That was the it. The rent is too damn high. I, I, as you guys know in LA here, at least Brian knows the rent is too damn high. Fact. 
Mine's well, not. Where, where Johnny lives, the rents are going to go higher because they have $15 minimum wage now. Wah, 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 wah. Hey, we, it's oh, coming God. right behind for us, too. So Yeah, I know. Jesus. We're all yeah, I know, boat. but see, here's the thing. It's like, a, again, it, it's a chain reaction. I mean, up here in Seattle, that's what they're trying to do. And now they're trying to push it out to everywhere else, out in Tacoma and Bellingham and Olympia. I mean, it's crazy. Where our good friend Gavin Keefe is running for office. Yeah, Yakka Compton, yeah. <laughs> is that what it's called? Is that what you guys call I it? I call it that. And I call everything Compton at the end. You know, you got Spoke Compton, you got Yakka Compton, you got it all Compton here in Washington, man. That's what it's all about. Uh, but yeah, um, it's just, it's like an ugly chain reaction. And, and the thing is, we actually have a socialist in city council here. And I mean, a lot of this socialist movement is starting to spread from Seattle. I swear, Seattle and New York. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in LA, but I mean, here it's fucking nuts, man. Everyone wants free shit. And this is what has been going on. And I don't think any candidate can win by saying, we're not going to give you free shit. Cause that's how people don't think beyond step one. Is that why Bernie is doing so well? Because that's all he's doing is promising free shit? Yeah. Free shit. I swear he's going to get the... Uh, I think it's going to be Trump and Sanders, honestly. And I'm wow. fucked. No. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be surreal and amazing and terrible, but entertaining as all hell. I don't know. I think we're fucked either way. Rico, I think you got something to say about that. You don't well, think so? One, I don't think Trump's uh, going to make it. I think it's once his numbers gonna go are, are going down, he'll get out because his ego won't allow it. I, I still don't see him having any support from any kind of uh, senators, congressmen, any of the establishment. And I think that's usually the biggest indicator of success is what kind of endorsements you're gonna get. And without without that, I don't see him winning the nomination. Do you think in some way Trump forget his positions for a minute that Trump and Sanders, to some extent, although, I mean, he's been in politics for 40 years, so I hate when people are saying, yeah, we need a real outsider, like Bernie Sanders. I'm like, oh, I mean, <laughs> he's kind of been in politics for 40 years. I wouldn't quite call politician. him. I, I mean, he isn't independent in theory, in label, but he's been caucusing with Democrats. He's running for president as a Democrat. He's a Democrat. I mean, he is part of the establishment. Even if he's got crazy hair, it doesn't make him, like, not part of the establishment. And Speaking some, of Doc Brown. Speaking of Doc Brown. Now, that is, I actually, I can't take credit for this. I already saw a t-shirt of Bernie as Doc Brown. Oh, really? Damn. I'd like to pretend I came up with this idea, but I didn't. So, can we make Marco Rubio into uh, into what's his face from Back to the Future? We can make any memes we want. Did he play Michael J. Fox? To uh, and by that I mean you can make any memes I want because you're our official meme generator. I think I might have to. He looks so young. Now, speaking of memes, this is actually um, I I was overhearing a conversation at work today at one of my jobs. I just overheard it. Let's leave it at that. And uh, But basically, some people were talking about Bernie Sanders and socialism came up and how everyone's like, oh, he's a socialist. And someone said something to the effect of, well, hey, I saw this. This it's, They called it an image. I'm going to call it a meme. A photo, they called it. Who's who's like banging somebody, pots somebody making mac and cheese? <laughs> I was pouring some more. I, I knew uh, it was Rico. Hot cider. Out of your, out of what? <laughs> Where's the hot cider? Out of your cauldron? Are you, are you casting? Are you, is your computer <laughs> on the stove? <laughs> Where the fuck are I've you? I've never drank hot cider before. You, you mix the rum and the cider in a little pot. You put it on low. And you want more, you pour it into your glass. What? Well, you, wow, well, well, you don't need to slam it magic. down on the stove when you're done pouring it. I didn't think it was that loud. We <laughs> should make um, like tutorials on how to make certain drinks, like Rico. It, Hot cider from a cult. Liberty style. 
Liberty style. What the hell are we talking about now? I totally lost track. Oh, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Memes. So someone said, oh, yeah, well, socialism. I mean, I saw this chart that showed how all so- the socialist countries are all doing great. So I don't know why people are in such up in arms about socialism this, socialism that. And I just like, first of all, forget the content. The fact that people are basing their entire political belief system, you know, when it comes to Bernie Sanders or whatever, or about socialism on a, a chart that they just saw, not on research or a deep thought process, but a chart they saw on Facebook. That's just frightening, but it kind of sums up. It ties back into how, I mean, our whole political system is based on reality shows and memes. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> what countries yeah. were in this meme? Well, they, they probably were... always point to like Scandinavia, Sweden. France. They're doing so well. I mean, define well. I mean, I've written several articles on how badly Sweden's doing. Actually, who there's is there's doing revolts well? in the streets from the immigrant population, and like you know, people are not getting. There's no work. Their system's going bankrupt. The healthcare you have to wait for. It's like it's all horrible. I don't know where the good memes are coming from because they're based on nothing. How's Greece doing these days? Are they still rioting for the last two years? <laughs> no, but they'll, they'll, what they say is they'll blame Greece on on capitalism and dirty bankers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah well. <laughs> Oh, and then if you really want socialism, look at Venezuela. Look at Cuba. I mean, these are places where people literally are cannot even get toothpaste because it's too expensive. Yep. They keep devaluing their own currency. It's like, ah, guess what? Now the currency is completely devalued again, and we're also taking control of all the private oil companies. In Venezuela, the the stores literally ran out of toilet paper. That's a real thing because they were they sure. eliminated the market for these things, and they just you know they try to set price controls and and do all this kind of um, command economy socialist planning. And I saw elements of this in Argentina when I was there because they were devaluing the currencies, and you could see stores that were just you know they, they were talking about setting price controls and all this stuff that actually happened while I was there. They made an announcement they were setting mm-hmm. price controls on certain necessary items. Well, what happened? Suddenly, those necessary items aren't that available anymore. Weird, weird how that works out. And when people say so. Socialism works. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, it's all bumper stickers. I mean, this is how people respond to things is with bumper stickers. And like us as libertarians, we have these long, you know, two-page articles we want to show people, but nobody has the attention span to listen to that, man, or read it, for that matter. This is like kind of what we're kind of dealing with, man. Exactly what you're saying. We have memes. This is what people make their political decisions on is memes, not well-researched things or things along those lines. But we are we're in a bumper sticker world and a meme world, you know, and, and the response or the, the, the response to those answers aren't necessarily we could fit it on a bumper sticker in rebuttal. So, I mean, this is what baffles me, man. We're in this kind of society. Fuck, I have another drink. I got to have <laughs> We are living in a bumper sticker world. No, you're exactly right, though, John. It's like I, I there was something, you know, like the, I posted on uh, on Facebook the the end of the article about Bernie Sanders' health care plan costing $18 trillion, And then all these liberals were responding or progressives were responding saying, no, no, I read this other article that said it was that was crazy talk and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, my rebuttal right. was like, you know. I had, to, I had to take the time to write it because it's, you know, a, a detailed breakdown of why everything's going to cost war and what's causing it and crony capitals being involved sure. and all these different factors. And it's like by the time I'm done writing it, I've written a 400-word essay to respond to a Facebook comment. And I'm like, no one's going to read this. And then someone put, and then someone responds <laughs> exactly. to you with a meme. And you're right, like, son of a bitch! Yeah, a smiley face, uh, like, a, <laughs> like a chihuahua dancing with a taco from the new Facebook messenger. Sure, I mean, sure. I think that's what the response yeah. was. And well, I've gotten to the point. Go ahead, Rico. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say, I mean, the whole kind of uh, lack of attention span is we're, we're talking about the debates and people are basing their opinion on these debates where there's so little substance in the first place. And then after the debate is over, they'll say immediately say who they think won. 
and they're basing it on little quips someone made or, you know, like they said, Jeb Bush had a great comeback when he said, my brother kept us safe. Oh, and God. The crowd I know, cheered. Right? <laughs> Did 9-11 occur during George Bush's presidency? Like, right. <laughs> also, how many countries did he bomb and how many future terrorists that hate the United States did he create by bombing Iraq, Afghanistan, yeah. Which, on that point, et cetera, et cetera. One sure. of Rand Paul's greatest things during the debate. Like, this is why there were a couple articles, as I mentioned earlier, that were, that were very complimentary, that you know, made sense. They're saying he's the only adult on stage, that he had nice coherent arguments. And one of them was he actually went into the fact that blowback exists. And he went into how, you know, we've been destabilizing the Middle East for, for years and years and years. He and almost tried to reach for his Ron Paul moment. He really did. I mean, it, he, I'll give him a lot of credit. And it's in the, the column that uh, was published really? Tuesday of the week that this will be coming out. <laughs> but, um, it, but he really went into it and talking about that exact thing, how we've been interviewing in the Middle East forever. And how that's causing all these nations to come back and, and say, what the hell? You know, it's like every, he's basically like, oh, every, they're saying more than what the hell. They're saying, a la fucking Akbar, I'm going to blow your ass up. Right, but, exactly, exactly. Or, or what the hell. Yeah, but meanwhile, yeah, yeah, when you read these debate, post-debate wrap-ups, the losers, it's like, well, Rand Paul was a loser because his uh, his foreign policy views didn't didn't coincide with everybody else on stage. It's like, isn't that a fucking good thing? Should we have different right. voices out there? I like how Johnny's bringing the F-bombs out and everybody, everyone's cursing more I'm now. dropping them, man. The old smuggler's <laughs> running through my veins now. Well, like, here's the thing, though. John Kasich and Rand Paul, out of that entire Republican debate. I don't hate Kasich. Is, it, is he in the big boy debate this time? He was in there, yeah. He got a promotion. Yeah, right? yeah. He didn't get much speaking time, but I do like Kasich. He was in the big one last time. Kasich, Kasich, oh, was he? Kasich. All right. I, I think I get him confused with Pataki. Yeah. That's my yeah. problem. They're basically the same guy to me. Anyway, yeah, sorry, go, Johnny. He showed some restraint. I mean, he, the, you know, international wars and stuff like that. His answer showed restraint. So did Rand Paul's. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's when I was like, wow, okay, that's cool. And the other guys are just warmongers, man. I mean, Ted Cruz, I don't know about you guys, man, but that guy fucking annoys the piss out of me. Uh, when he looks at the camera with his speeches, he looks like a fucking wax mannequin. You people need to start. Or looking at God and blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, uh, I got to get another drink. <laughs> um, him and, uh, you know, but like, I like Ben Carson just because he's honest. He has, he doesn't know shit about economics, <laughs> but he's honest. You he know, was, I think he's, that's he, my opinion. on that. He, I, I don't, I, I find him, I don't, I don't really jive with a lot of Ben Carson's viewpoints necessarily, but I, I find him hard to hate. Can you name a Ben of a, Carson viewpoint? He's kind of adorable. I'm trying to think. He's adorable. He, he was he was played by Cuba Gooding Jr. in a movie yeah, about his life. He's adorable because it's like you hear him speaking and he's kind of stuttering and he seems Aww. unsure. You just want to take him home and give him a bath, you know. Put a, maybe put a couple put a, put a couple towels down in the corner and wow. let him curl up over there. We are now comparing Ben Carson so shy. To... It's like he just, he just comes across as so unsure of himself. Not like the guy. I mean, no, exactly. Even though he's yeah, yeah, exactly. As a person, he seems like a genuine genuinely nice guy that nice uh, person. that, that might be the comment of the year <laughs> you just want to take ben carson home and give him a bath see this is why we do these shows guys because comments like that don't come out from just sitting around sober they just don't never <laughs> no but I, I i yeah again i i think uh john Kasich he he showed restraint on foreign wars and stuff like that. And I thought it was admirable because he had a lot of chicken hawks up there yeah, with him. Yeah. And that's tough. That's tough. I mean, you know, especially like Rand Paul, he's kind of by himself up there. And I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily endorsing Rand Paul, 
But I, you know, he's the best out of the GOP. We can all probably agree on that. Yeah. Well, that's. I was going to say we've had this debate before because some some people were like, "I'm not going to vote for Rand Paul," and I'm like, "Why not?" Look, of all the people out there, fucking, we'd be so lucky if he actually got a nomination because he has more views that are moving things forward from where we stand than anybody else by far. Exactly. So how can you not Absolutely. support him? Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's like, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's the guy to your right. I know. I, Mark was uh, on that wagon for. I think you're back on the. I would vote for Rand wagon though, right? Uh, I mean, really, I like. I'm most impressed that Rico remember what direction we are next to each other. You know I know where you sit, and I know where I'm. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know, because I, I. Yeah, what's the scenario? Uh, is there a scenario where I'm gonna vote yeah, for Rand he's Paul? Go, he's, he's a president versus Sanders or Hillary. There's a scenario. Yeah, I'd probably vote for Rand Paul in that case. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm not abjectly opposed to voting for him, but I'm not, I'm not, like, I think the odds of me having the opportunity to vote for him are so low. I'm not going to go about voting a Republican primary. I'd say they're 3.5% out of 100 right now. I will probably not go vote for him in a Republican primary. Let's put it that way. And I feel that will be my only opportunity to vote for him, so he'll probably not really? vote for him. Really? See, I, I still would. I still would. You're not going to go vote in the Do primary. you think he's actually going to make it far enough where it's going to matter? I don't think he's going to drop out, yes. Well, I, he, just I think, won, uh, he just won the straw poll in Michigan at the Mackinac Island straw did. poll, which is a which is a well regarded poll. It's not like uh, you know some of the ones that Ron. He won. is uh, he's actually has a very well organized campaign on the ground, and I think that even if he realizes it's not in his cards for this year, he's going to remain in and try to build support for 2020. So I don't think he's going to drop out. Does he? Have, he has I money. Know. Um, I don't know, Brian. Have you sent him any money? No. So why not? Well, because, because you sent Ron Paul money, we both did. We, I did. we had a beer pong fundraiser for the man. So what's the difference? Why are we not as enthusiastic? Well, because you know why? Because Rand's so so uh, hot and cold on libertarian issues. That's why Ron Paul is so incredibly principled. Look, he's we don't not, need to go into the, how he great Ron. We all know Ron again. Paul's great. He's the best. But Rand's yes. uh, Rand's a swing and a miss on a lot of issues, and he, and he kind of goes back and forth. Like Israel still pisses me off. Like I'm happy now in that last debate. He, you know. Didn't say stand with Israel, bomb Iran. You know, he he kind of come back from it and said it's anti-war. But you know, Israel's a point that pisses me off. Uh, obviously, I don't jive with all of his views on uh, certain things like you know abortion. Although I do think that late-term abortion should be outlawed. But there's certain things that he and I don't see eye to eye on. But overall, yeah, he's still great. Now, am I going to give him money for the campaign? I'm not that impassioned. Yeah, because that's, that's a problem, and I think that's problem, why right? he's not doing as well because he's not. In, inflaming the base. Now you can say you don't need that libertarian base to, you know, win a GOP primary or to do well in polls because that's not who they're polling, and that might be true. But you got to get money from somewhere, fella. And uh, I, I maxed out for Ron Paul twice, and I have not sent a dime. He's going to get money from the marijuana people. That was another thing in the debate he went in on. I wanted to bring that up because I, you guys, two of you, didn't see the debate. I guess Rico's in Thailand and watched the debate, and I haven't even watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I have been very busy though. But uh, him and Christie went back and forth a little bit on on medical marijuana and Rand Paul. I did see that one clip. He basically put the his position on the the Tenth Amendment states' rights. Mm. Which, I don't know, kind of seemed like a, a little bit of a cop-out in, in that he, sh- he didn't go along the personal freedom route, which I would have rather hear him go that way instead of, oh, it's a state's rights. Yeah, Ron Whoa. Paul would have done that differently. Let he would have said it's an individual's right to 
put whatever right. they want in their body, whereas Rand is kind of sort of saying that, but also trying to kind of toe that constitutional... To the Republicans. Right, because yeah, they, they yeah. love that word constitution and states' rights, so he wanted to get those phrases right. in there. For, right. Well, what he did do... Candy, was just candy of, for the neocons. Like I said, walking that line is he did ha- he did go, well, you know what, it's a, it's a crime, which I don't agree with, that it should be a crime, but it's a crime that only affects the person that's using it, which was what he said. So did that's he why, use air quotes or no? Uh, I don't think he's air quotes. Okay. <laughs> right. If he used air quotes, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. So he said it's a crime that only affects the person that's using it. And so, you know, saying it's ridiculous that all these people are going to jail. He doubled down on the fact that, uh, you know, minorities are, are disproportionately affected in justice reform. And he had a great line where basically he told Jeb Bush that he got off because he was a white kid, <laughs> which is yeah. true and funny. So he, yeah, he's towing that line, but I mean, overall, he's really, he wants a big push to decriminalize medical marijuana completely. Should be all marijuana, but at least medical marijuana. And he went in saying like, you know, how crazy it was that parents can't give a kid with seizures cannabis oil when it's, you know, helping her and they like, some family went to jail for it, you know, which is just crazy. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I have to bring something else up about the debates about Ben Carson, we do have um, a little angel investor, actually a couple of them, one of them's on the, um, on with us right now, yeah. but one of our angel investors um, made a little request that we discuss a couple issues on the show, and uh, hey, if you give me money, I will discuss anything you want, that's pretty much how this works. So, uh, by the way, send me money if you want me to talk about stuff on the show. That's also an And meanwhile, we'll get into the tie hookers later because their coalition over there gave us about $300 to bring it up, Rico. So we're yes. going to get into oh. that. Sort of <laughs> I, I cast all your business cards. Thank yes. you. <laughs> so, but uh, I wanted to bring up Ben Carson. Of course, our, our good friend Howie Snowden uh, has passionate about this issue. He's passionate about his hatred for Ben Carson. And this is because <laughs> yeah. this is solely because Ben Carson is against evolution and does not believe in it. He is a creationist. And I was doing a little research here. He actually had a debate in 2006 with Richard Dawkins and several other people. And in that debate, he said, and I quote, I don't believe in evolution. I simply don't have enough faith to believe that something as complex as our ability to rationalize, think, and plan, and have a sense, a moral sense of what's right and wrong just appeared. And that's actually... Not what evolution is. That's actually what believing in creationism is. (laughs) So I'm really confused by that quote because actually that's what creationists say, that it disappeared by God. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I just wanted to get that out there. So does that change anyone's views on if Ben Carson is a – Change. Wow. Boom. Uh, Well, that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. (laughs) Um, There is evolution. All right. That's crazy talk. I mean, I think I'm I'm in good company to say that's crazy talk. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's there's there's some legitimate point of view there. I mean, uh, thinking that we were just we just happened, and there's some almighty being. God, we're drinking and talking about God. If we were religious, we'd that's a, a sin. <laughs> if this was a, if this was a first date, it would be over. You don't talk religion or politics, <laughs> or it, or it would be the best first date ever. One it's or the the, other. Everybody's right. banging right. everybody. <laughs> but no, I mean, seriously, that's you have to question people who think like that. You really do. Like, yeah. come on now, dude. Really. Come on. And I'm not it's saying like, we've got like, it all it's like, figured out. It's almost out. as bad as Mike Huckabee. Oh, I yeah. Mean, uh, it's as bad. It's know. just we just – it was like eight years ago, so no one talks about it. That's basically exactly. the difference. He's just not saying it on the debate stage. No, he's, but... he's been out there saying some crazy shit. Or maybe shit. he has. I don't know. Yeah, like he's I still said. been doubling down on some like abortion stuff. And maybe not, th- not these debates, but a lot of, a lot of crazy Are you talking stuff. about Huckabee? Yeah, Huckabee. Yeah. What was that comment where – did you see that incredibly awkward joke he made about being transgendered? That was like a couple months ago. Oh, like he wishes he was transgendered so he could go in the yeah. girls' room right. or something? <laughs> it, was, like, it was such that, a bad joke. A, re- a real pastor type thing to say. 
By the way, here's a question for you guys. If Trump pulled down his pants and whipped it out and he had a vagina, would he be the ultimate candidate now? Um, <laughs> wow. I think none of us got that joke, Brian. I'm just saying because then he's you've got a female Kate, that's Jenner, also Donald Trump. Oh, I see. Okay. You're hitting all the all the pop culture factors here. Well, he'd have to be Hispanic, he'd be, he'd be too. Donald Trump, a transgender. How could – I mean, 80% of the population in the United States would have to support him. Uh, uh, that was about as good as uh, Mike. I stand by it. <laughs> that is Brian's joke. I stand by it. <laughs> you can't make us laugh right now. You got to receive three things of things because we're very open. Thing. We've been chugging hops and whiskey. The thesis and behind the vodkas. joke was fine and sound. Maybe I just didn't execute. <laughs> when it. you have to explain a thesis of a joke, there's a, there's a problem. Caitlyn Jenner's very popular transgender. Donald Trump's very yes. popular transgender. You mesh the two of them. You've got a super candidate. Okay. Yes. Uh, we'll return to that one uh, probably never. Yeah. I don't go there. I'm <laughs> um, drunk and I might th- say something bad. There is something else I'm, I'm supposed to bring up uh, thanks to our angel investor or one of them. Rico, you can choose choose next show's topics. But uh, he also wanted to bring up – this is something that's been um, – I don't know. I, got, I don't know if it's in the news per se, but it's definitely in the news for fans of Ultimate Fighting, fans of fighting sports in general, is this Nick Diaz guy who recently received a five-year ban from the state of Nevada for testing positive. And I believe it is his like, third or fourth offense. But still, for marijuana, which, as far as I'm concerned, is not a performance-enhancing drug in any way, shape, or form, um, from what I've read in magazines. Dehancer. All right, do you get hungry halfway through the fight? Yeah. So, I mean, we yeah, don't need to go into... you want to fight. You're like, hey, man, let's hug. We don't need to We're go into the specifics of it, but, I mean, what do you guys... Because, I mean, yeah, we can say, okay, these are private organizations. Well, the, the Nevada board is not a private organization. It's a part of the state of Nevada. It's run by the Nevada government. But, I mean, at the end sure. of the day, this is, you know, UFC can have whatever policies they want, but that's UFC is not the ones that ban this guy. But, I mean, Ronda Rousey had a great quote about this. She basically said, I mean, the reason that these, these tests for marijuana happen, they're not for any logical reasons. They're all a byproduct of the war on drugs. The political sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, when you say things that are stupid and wrong and it's propaganda? The line, libertarians of Living Rooms Drink Liquor Podcast. Yeah, that's it. When he when he say things that are wrong and stupid, um, the political is politi- got a tagline right there. Ah, man, politicalization of these issues—that's not even the word I'm looking for. Though. Demonization, demonization. Thank you. That was the word that took you so long. To thanks for sitting through that for three minutes, everybody. The demonization of marijuana, drug use, all of these things uh, by government, by the war on drugs—that trickles down into so many areas. Where I mean, this guy essentially has his life livelihood deprived of him. If you you're 32 years old, you can't fight for five years. Now you're in your late 30s. Your career's over. Yeah, good. It's well, and also think about this. You talk about demonization. How ridiculous is it like, you know, you've got government agencies that have funding given to them to actually promote and create campaigns to talk about anti-drug use, going after, like, marijuana. Like, there's, there's uh, you know, the the Ad Council or whatever it is, and all these other nonprofits that are, like, government-funded. They get government money to create propaganda against this arbitrarily outlawed substance that then, as you said, trickles down and creates situations like this. Yeah, I mean, when we see it not just with Nick Diaz, but with, you know— where companies all over the place drug test and a lot. Now, I'm not saying they should never do that. Some areas, it might make a lot of sense. Like, if you have people using heavy manufacturing equipment, you might not want that person <laughs> to be someone who is coming in high. I mean, I'm not saying that companies should never test their employees for anything, but I think the vast majority of this stuff is based on the, the laws in place already and the, the bad ideas behind the war on drugs, not necessarily on a valid belief for that a company might have to drug test someone. Mark, I think you're right, but I think the major reason 
is I think the companies should be able to do whatever the hell they want. If they want, I'm, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of companies who just don't like stoners. I agree with you completely. And that's cool. In my opinion, I mean, like, if you don't like people who smoke pot, by all means, I think they should have the right to do that. Yeah, I agree. However, I mean, you know, uh, I don't think it's, you know, necessarily a good thing, but I mean, if, especially if you're in a dangerous job, I mean, let's just say you're a pilot or something. I don't think anyone would be cool with uh, having a pilot who's smoking pot. You were a pilot yourself, or is that not right, Jenny? I, I was, but I, I, I never. And how many pot, times but... did you fly high? Okay, damn it. All right, you already answered. Never, that. ever, <laughs> never. But I, I, I flew a couple times, pretty hungover, um, but never, never high, never. Uh, but I really think it's important that the individual or the company or that business or that entity sets their own policies, and they could discriminate as much as they want. I think it's awesome. I think that every I think every business should discriminate. If they don't like people, fuck them. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hire them if I don't like something. Fuck it. No. But there's always another guy across the street who's willing to hire you. So I think you know. Again, uh, you were saying about the the fighting competition. Right. And in that case, it's not it's not a private company that banned him. Though the UFC is is who he fights for. They didn't ban him right. though. It's the Nevada State Athletic Board. I'm sure there's some kind of working arrangement between the UFC and the Nevada. Well, yeah, they have to they have to have one in order to allow sure. fights there. So yeah, I mean, it's a coercive working relationship. It's not yeah. like they want that relationship. I'm sure UFC would love to just come anywhere and not deal with state boards and all this shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I I'm think sure it's going to back down quick. That was surprising. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really, the only reason I ever hear about anything about USC is Howie's nonstop emails about it. So Same here. That's why we're talking about it. He's <laughs> our angel really investor. Pay- <laughs> Rico I don't a, pay much attention to it. Rico, as a, as a similar angel investor, you can, you can email some ridiculous things, too, that we can talk about in the next show. All right, we're not quite winding the show up yet, but Brian does have to leave pretty soon, so Trash we're gonna me. we're gonna start the final thoughts. We always do a little final thoughts section, and uh, we're gonna start it right now with Brian's final thoughts. Then he's gonna leave, and we're gonna talk some shit about him. So. Please, by all means, my final thoughts are this: number one, old smuggler's a hell of a scotch. Number okay. two. I honestly It's so good that it makes you come up with brilliant jokes about uh, Donald Trump having a vagina. But go, I digress. <laughs> Maybe it's a fact. You don't know. You don't know what's under those pants. Anyway, to finish up my final thought, uh, I honestly cannot wait for the GOP field to narrow it down. I have faith that Rand Paul is going to get through into the next round of cuts. I think this is going to boost him up from his last appearance. And he's going to make it to the next round of five or six people on stage. Hopefully he gets some more time to speak. And the Donald, he's just going to give himself a, a deeper and deeper hole to climb out of as he's exposed. So that's my final take. And I apologize. I have to head out earlier, guys. But uh, Don't apologize. Well, I've, been, I've been looking forward to this part the whole probably, time. So. Probably a relief. Yeah. Go write some better jokes. All right. I don't write any jokes for this show. It's all off the cuff, and baby. And that's the problem. All right. <laughs> Adios. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Brian, man. Rock and roll. Now, uh, let's see. What, uh, Johnny, how's, how's, have you been enjoying your first time here on, on Libertarians Living Room Drinking Liquor? I'm having a good time, man. I'm just drinking liquor. Are you learning a lot? I'm hanging out in my living room. Literally. Have you, have you learned anything about, um, let's say, uh, you know, Ben Carson? Or <laughs> has you, have, you, have you flipped your support for Ben Carson? Uh, no, I have never supported Ben Carson. But well, you're, I, you're, I, you're, I your minor like for him. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of just squashed my minor like for him. Yeah. Do you want to take him home and bathe him? That's my real question. Yes, I do. Though. <laughs> He's still an honest guy. I still hold that very. He, he does seem like he was just kind of like plucked out of like sitting in the living room and is now just like found himself on a debate stage. I think he's cool. I think he's a good person. I mean, I but that doesn't mean you can run the country. So no, absolutely no. 
I, again, I'm going to go with Rand Paul. I think Rand Paul's out of the GOP. Uh, I think Rand Paul's pretty badass. And I really like what Rand Paul has to say. Uh, I'm really afraid of Donald Trump. Very afraid of Donald Trump. I'm afraid of Jeb Bush. I'm, thank God Scott Walker's out of the race right now. And Marco Rubio, I'm afraid of him too. I mean, all these people I'm afraid of. And I'm really afraid of Chris Christie. So, I mean, the only thing I, I got, I'm, I'm behind Rand Paul in regarding the GOP. And, uh, he seems to be the only one wanting to get rid of more and more government, which is cool. Which no, is mean, cool. And, yeah. I don't think there's any question. I think, I mean, from a libertarian perspective, all there, are, there are some guys out there like Robert Wenzel who, who still say that, you know, Rand is not even comparatively better than the other guys. And I, which I just think is ridiculous. I mean, I, I think if you actually look at the things he says, I mean, he is comparatively better. He's not a pure libertarian. If, if, if you had him up on, on stage at the Libertarian Party convention, he might not look that great to us. But no, he, when he's up on stage uh, with these guys, uh, yeah, he does look great because he is a lot more reasonable than these guys. And he does have a lot better ideas than these guys. But I want to play a little reverse game for one second. Uh, instead okay. of talking about who we think is the best guy out of the GOP, why don't we try to pick out if like who is the absolute – if you knew the GOP nominee was going to be president – who would be the absolute number one guy if you could just pluck one out of there? Because that would just be the worst scenario you can possibly imagine. Who would that guy be? Who's the guy you just eliminate? And this we can include the guys from the Kitty debate. Listen, Santorum's Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. All right, that's Easy. where Rico's pick. And what are your what's your reasoning behind this? You don't want a President Lindsey? <laughs> yeah, I just watched. Yeah, uh, I just watched Terminator on the the third one or whatever the new one on the plane. I cannot wait to hear how you tie the new Terminator into this answer. Basically, it's like looking at a nonstop war zone, you know, because all the nukes are all around the world. And that's just kind of what I imagine day five of the Lindsey Graham presidency as. The whole world's been nuked, but he got ISIS, so all's well. He did get ISIS. Do you picture Lindsey Graham ushering in um, the age of the Terminators? Yeah, he may. I don't, I don't know, but all I know is he... <laughs> <laughs> he's so adamant about just bombing and going to war with everyone. It's amazing to me. He like, does seem to be a fan. I'll give him credit. I'm pretty sure I heard him in a debate say, I want to go fight ISIS like himself. So I would support that. I support that. I think our last uh, show, Robin Kerner said he would start a fund to donate, to, to, to send him there. So maybe, maybe we should actually start that fund. A Kickstarter. I like it. All right, Lindsey Graham, Johnny. If you could pick one guy, you just you cannot the worst guy out of this out of this crew. Who would it be? Out of the GOP. Out of the nightmare, the most nightmare scenario you can imagine. Okay, Chris Christie. Yeah, man. What what's your reasoning? That's a, that's a good one too. Big government. He's a big government guy. He wants bigger government. Is that a fat government. joke? And that's my <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but he he can't trim the fat. Uh, he's 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 all for bigger government. He can't conceive. I mean, he, he hates, obviously hates libertarians. He hates them. He can't conceive. Where did you hear that? Did you get into his medical records? Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't conceive. I'm sorry. I've been drinking too much. Uh, Chris Christie, uh, just completely big government. I don't like him at all, period, man. I, I No, 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 no. That's the scariest. Worst case scenario in my, from my point of view I, out of the candidates we have. He is uh, just an awful human being. I can't believe he's still in the race. He, he's got, is he getting any support from anyone? I think he's mm -hmm. pulling, he's pulling pretty low out of that pack. I think. I mean, I have. He's pretty bad. And, and you know, the one clip of the debate I saw where, where it was the same one where Rand Paul was, uh, you know, defending states' rights to legalize marijuana. Where they set it up with the quote from Christie, 
saying, you know, when I'm president, January 2017, all these states that legalize marijuana, it's over because we're going to end it. We're going to come in and crack down. And they cut, sure. they, they, they cut to him to a shot of Christie, and he's just nodding and smiling, like just like thrilled at the idea of just cracking down on, on legal marijuana all over. And I was just like, oh. This guy, no, no. What the fuck is wrong with him? Like, what what is that going to accomplish? There's no way he's never smoked weed. By the way, there's just no way. Rico, I'm glad you're using the f bomb, man. By the way, we're we're all we're using f bombs on the show. Fuck it, (laughs) exactly. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Um, (laughs) I I I tend to agree with man. I hate just not being my own guy. I I kind of think I would pick Christie. Uh, out of those guys, I, Lindsay, I see the similar scenario, but just to be different, I want to toss another guy out there. And, uh, I don't want anyone to forget about our good friend, Brick Santorum, because he's still hanging around, guys. And, uh, he's pretty scary, too. Mm-hmm. He's against the, all the marijuana. Yeah. He's against all, he's all for all yeah. the wars. I mean, he's pretty much got all those, these same qualities that we fear. So let's, let's not sleep on him. I'm pretty sure right. I saw a poll, um, within the last week or two that had him at, at 0%. Uh, so. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was me choking on my beer at, at the idea that someone could have 0%. I'm pretty sure he accomplished yeah. it. Not even like a point zero zero one. Or I, I saw 0%, so I'm sure he must have gotten someone to say, like maybe they forgot to ask his immediate family. But yeah, they asked them to. I don't know. <laughs> so these guys are all bad. The, the good thing is these three guys that we mentioned – at least the public is not so wacko tobacco that these are the guys we got to worry about winning. Not that I think Jeb is any better or Carson is any better. And um, we just saw Scott Walker drop out, so he's out of there. And I don't think any of these yep. guys are necessarily better, but they're not quite as scary as the three guys we just talked about. And these three guys are all doing not well. So that's a good thing. I yeah, think. but like, the thing is, I think we should, you know, I don't know. There's not going to be a libertarian debate. But I'd like to see Well, there is, but it's not going to be on it's not going to be on CNN. <laughs> it's going to be on CNN or Fox. It's going to be like right here in my living room. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we should have it at Lines of Liberty or whatever. Hey, I will I will host the libertarian candidates on this show anytime. That's yeah, toss yeah, that out totally. there right now. But I mean, these guys are the legitimate the cats meow. I mean, these guys are the guys who are really who understand liberty. And a lot of them, I mean, right now we got Austin Peterson. I don't know how you guys feel about him. Who just threw his hat in the the race? He's he's been a guest on my show. I'm gonna have to have him back on to talk about his uh, his entry into the libertarian race as well. He's been on your show as well, right, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. He's a guy. I I appreciate what he is because he's kind of like a dick on purpose because he likes to piss people off. And I have friends like that, like the guy that was just sitting next to me, so I know what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, but it's all a game to him, and he knows it. And- and he's all about media, and he works it. I mean, he pisses off anarchists intentionally. I mean, if you can't see through that, come on. Um, but, like, Austin Peterson's a, a cool guy. He's smart. Steve Carbell, I really like his point of view. I love Steve Carbell, man. He was he was a great guest on my show as well, as well as yours. Yeah, and he's a cool guy, and he's, like, a real down-to-earth guy. But, again, a lot of these guys don't have the media behind them. And, you know, one who does right now, or the if Gary Johnson runs, Gary Johnson has the ultimate support. If he would put his hat in, he would probably get, you know, at least one or two percent of the vote. But I think Austin Peterson has the right approach in regarding his media. And he is he's savvy on media. He's been on Fox News. He's getting in the major news medias and all that other bullshit. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. And I think that's why 
if he does run as a libertarian, he might actually get the nomination. I'm just saying. Are you talking about Austin Peterson or, or Derek Carey Johnson? Yes, Austin. He, well, Austin he, he, he did announce he's, he filed the paperwork. I mean, Nicholas Sawar confirmed he's filed the paperwork. He's running. So we'll see. I mean, I think if anybody's savvy enough internet-wise and, like, media-wise, Austin Peterson, you know, purely looking at that, might be a guy who can actually make waves because yeah. he's been on Fox News. He's been on these channels. He has these connections. Yeah, exactly. So you might have a point there. Yeah, I just think that he has the ability to get his foot in the door with people that, you know, he knows enough people where, like, you know, he knows Judge Andrew Napolitano. Fuck, he produced this show, Freedom Watch, you know. Austin has connections, and that's a good – that's for Libertarian Party. That's cool. That's good to have in your back pocket. And I'll tell you what, say, say what you will about Austin Peterson. A lot of people disagree with his perspective. I disagree on portions of his perspective. I actually do think he has things to offer as well. Um, but I would love to see him in on a debate stage with, say, I don't know, uh, Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton to pick the two most vanilla people I can possibly think of that, that are, we have yeah. worst, I guess, plan to win this thing. I mean, who knows how it's really going to all go down, but yeah, I, I mean, I just hope we can get a third party on a stage with these guys. That's, that's the, that's the real problem is that no matter who wins these two primaries that we're talking about this whole time, the ideas presented at the, on the final debate stage are not going to be very different from each other. They're not going to be very different from what we've gotten in the past. And they're not going to include anything that's really related about the ideas of individual liberty, the things we actually care about. When was the last time there was a third party at a debate? Was it Ross Perot? Is there, it, or is there Ross been someone? Yeah, it was. It was what was that, 25 oh, years God. ago? Ross Perot, yeah. and even that was only because they had to decide to allow him in the debate, and the uh, the theory is that the, the Bush campaign wanted him in the debate because they, or was it the Bush campaign or the Clinton campaign? I think it makes more remember. sense if it was the Clinton campaign. I don't know. One of the campaigns allowed him in the debate because they, they basically thought it would help them, you know, that he would take away from the other side, basically. So even even the one time there was someone allowed in, it, it was for political reasons, not because we decided to be open and honest. I mean, sure. the Libertarians weren't in there that year. The Green Party wasn't in there that year. So, I mean, I want to see all these guys on stage. If you can fit 11 GOP candidates on stage, why can't we have five candidates in the final presidential debate? You know, why can't we have three? Why not? Four. I mean, if you're on a ballot in 50 states, which the Libertarian Party will be, I think the Green Party will be. Um, if you're on the ballot and you're eligible to be president, you should be in those debates. And it's a crime that it's not allowed. And I, I'm not using air quotes. It is literally a crime because the government has sets up the, the commission on presidential debates and they control who gets in it. And to me, it's criminal to let out certain parties of that of that process. When you're the government, you're the coercive government controlling that process. I agree. Boom. I agree. That's my closing statement. Rico, you got one? Um, well, I don't really have a closing statement, so. Well, just make um, some shit up. That's what we're all doing. All right. Doing. Well, <laughs> speaking of being in Thailand, what I found amazing is. Finally, the juicy story. Well, this there isn't really, I won't, I'll save those for the next time I'm out in California. But yeah, fair enough. the people over there drive like absolute fucking maniacs. True. They, they're going. I don't think there is a speed limit one, but if there was, they'd be double it. They're driving on the shoulders. One thing I, I, I didn't see any accidents and there was no, uh, police timing people, which was kind of a, a refreshing break from being in the United States where just today I had drive half an hour for work. I saw and there was no traffic on the highway. So there was at least five or six police officers that had pulled people over writing speeding tickets. Did not do anything, you know, to help traffic or, or make anyone more safe. Just towns lining their pockets. So 
it's unnecessary and it irritates me and it doesn't need to be true. So that's the only thing I can think of. Let's be more like Thailand. Exactly. In, in, in every ways. way. In every way, including a political coup every four years. Yes. <laughs> well, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, there was literally a coup in the streets when I was there and uh, I was fine. I'm fine. So yeah. there you go. Johnny, as our special guest, I want to give you the, the yes, final, sir. final, final word. So uh, what's on your mind? How did you enjoy your time here? I had a good time, man. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Absolutely. I enjoyed drinking with you guys. It's been fun. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, I think that we, you know, the American people should look more into what the actual issues are versus the entertainment value of the candidates. Um, I think that we should look at what these presidential candidates can do for us, but what, you know, what liberties they can provide to the people, not versus what free shit people can get. And I think that's the main point. Uh, I've been trying to pump this into people's heads forever on my show is that people don't need free shit. We need to keep the shit that we do have and by paying higher taxes and things along those lines and be allowed to acquire more shit without being trampled upon. Exactly. You know, and, and get away from crony capitalism. We need to start having a free market and we need to start embracing these libertarian ideals and we need to make them popular. I don't think we're doing a good job. I mean, we are, but we have a select few of people who, who listen to us and we need to fucking get the, the mainstream, excuse me, I burped mainstream media <laughs> involved in this and, and it will never happen because they're not bought and paid for well, by the government. I'm only going to disagree I mean, so, with one thing you said, Johnny, we don't need to get the mainstream media involved in this. We need to become, we need to make our own media. We need to I become the mainstream media. And that's what I we're know, doing I because know. yeah, sure. We both have our own shows. We have a decent audience listening to them. Yes. Those audiences don't come close to the audience that cable news gets, but this is changing and it's changing rapidly. And media is becoming more segmented, more niched, more where people are just looking for what is right and looking for what is, you know, the best, best thing for them instead of just turning on the Absolutely. TV and blaze and glazing out and, uh, it's going to take some time for it to really, you know, I mean, my parents still just turn on the TV when they get home all night. So it's not like it's, of course, they do listen to the show, too. Yeah. Hi, Dad. But um, in general, it's, it's a generational thing. I mean, it's, we're going to see this change over time. But I mean, 20, 30 years from now, the idea of cable news is going to be a joke. I think it's it's not going to be immediate, Mark. Right. It's going to take some more time because it's still the Wild West. The Internet radio is still the Wild West. Wild, wild and West. we have to look at. It. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's it's the escape club. I think that's what that Will Smith song was actually about. Sorry, that was like a Brian McWilliams level bad joke. I'm, I'm running out. I'm running. I'm running out of them now. <laughs> Guys, Rico, Rico, my legal counsel. As always, it's a pleasure. Johnny, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Brian, thank you, man. Until that weird Donald Trump joke, things were great as well. Um, <laughs> until next time, if you guys don't mind, I'd love you to join me for our, my usual sign off. So I'd like to tell all our friends and fans out there, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to uh, what's coming on to an hour of the show at this point of us just shooting the shit. And, uh, you know, we hope this is inspiring conversations or at least alcoholism and, and many other people out there. So until next time, folks, live long and live, live free. free. <laughs> oh, my God, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to say there. I know. I should have warned you about that. Editing and mastering is John Dollar. Later, guys. Later.
Nice to meet you, Rico.